time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart, that's got passion for God, they're leading intercession on their schools, they're set apart, consecrated under God, and they've got a vision and a mission for their life. We're going to be looking at who Jesus is, who Jesus was, and what Jesus wants to do in our lives today. Not a fan, and we'll kind of, kind of explain a little bit of what that means between now and next week as well. Um, you know, as I reflect on youth ministry over the last five and a half years, guys, of pastoring junior high students, high school, college, back in Louisiana, five and a half years, just kind of notice some things through those years. Having seen students go through their middle school years into high school, and then my students that I started off with nearly six years ago are in college now. And, and, and I've kind of come to this conclusion that virtually everyone in every youth group across the world will fall into one of two categories. Everybody say one of two. One of two. Cool. Okay, so nearly every single student can be labeled, if you will, as one of two things as it relates to Jesus Christ. These two optional labels will sort of serve as a title for, for week one in this Not A Fan series. Are you guys ready for it? Yeah. Y'all ready for it? Okay. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word this morning. I thank you that it is powerful, that it is encouraging, that it is uplifting, that it is corrective, that it's motivational, but most of all, that it is life transforming. We give you our hearts and all of our attention because we know, Jesus, that you are in this place and you are speaking. And I'm so thankful that you chose to speak through me this morning to these amazing students. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, so this morning, I just want to title this week one of Not a Fan is, Are You a Fan or a Follower? Everybody, everybody say, Are You a Fan? Are you a Follower? Fan or a Follower? Cool. John chapter 6 is what we're going to be looking at. John chapter 6, if you have your Bibles, I'll be kind of lifting some thoughts. There's about 60 verses there. We don't have time to read all 60, so I'm going to summarize a little bit. And then we'll read a few. But in John chapter 6, Jesus is teaching and he had this massive crowd of people by this point, okay? Over 5,000 people. So Jesus is teaching, crowds are gathering because by this point in time, Jesus has sort of established, not intentionally, but he has a reputation. Anybody know a little bit of what Jesus' rep was during that day? What, what were things that people saying that people were saying about Jesus? Come on. He's a miracle worker. Okay. He's possibly the Christ. What else? What else are people saying about Jesus at this point in Jesus' ministry? He's a prophet. Good guy. He's supernatural. He's not, he's not like anybody I've ever met. He is the Messiah. Some were saying, some were like, uh, I don't know. The Savior. The one who's come to save Israel. And one more. He is a deliverer. He can set people free. So there are all different things that, that people are saying about Jesus. And so Jesus' crowd, it kind of grown, okay? So being the good shepherd and the pastor that Jesus is, he realized that the people would be starving by now because he had been teaching all morning. And so it was lunchtime, okay? And so, so Jesus is like, okay, these people are probably, probably hungry. So he looks at one of his 12, a guy by the name of Philip. Everybody say Philip. All right. He looks at Philip and he says, hey, Philip. Where do you think we can buy some bread? 
And we talked about this, you guys, probably about four or five weeks ago. Whenever God himself asks a question, he's not looking, uh, he's not asking to be enlightened. He's not unaware of the answer. Every single time that God poses a question, he's trying to teach something. He's using it as a teaching moment. So he looks at Philip and Philip's been walking with him. Philip has seen miracles. Philip has seen the supernatural workings of Jesus. He looks at Philip and he says, Philip, how are we... Where are we going to buy bread for all these people? And so Philip's like, uh, I'm not really sure. And he just kind of gives this answer um, that, you know, how much would it take? I'm not sure where we can go. How much would it take? And then another disciple just kind of jumps in. I don't think anybody was talking, you know, to him. Andrew jumps in and he says, hey, hey, I see a guy over there with two fish and five loaves of bread. And so we, most of us know the story. Jesus goes on. And Jesus begins to feed all 5,000 plus people with two fish and five loaves of bread. Everybody familiar with the story? Just say amen. amen. Cool. Okay, so he starts breaking bread and the bread just like multiplying. He starts, you know, and he's feeding everyone. Everything begins multiplying. But I want you guys to look down at verse 14 of John chapter 6. And that's where we're going to kind of pick up this morning. John 6 14, it says, When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, They exclaimed, surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. He is the prophet we've been expecting. Verse 15 says, when Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. Now I want to kind of just like look at something. They all scream, surely this is the one that we have been expecting. But you see, there's a problem here, you guys. The Messiah, the prophet, the savior that they were expecting was not who Jesus was. They had their own expectation. You see, they had been in so much oppression for so many years. They thought, surely, whenever the Savior comes, I mean, he's going to pull out a sword. You know what I'm saying? He's going to kind of be like, you know, like an Avenger or something. You know, Avengers comes out May the 4th. Anybody into Avengers? Right. Okay. I was about to say, I'm in like the twilight zone. Okay, I'm so excited, right? So they thought Jesus was going to come in like an X-Man, you know what I'm saying? Like whipping out like, you know, three blades from his things. Talking about, okay, um, what have you guys been doing to Israel? I'm here to chop some heads off, right? And so that's what, literally, that's what they were expecting. Kind of like the two up here whenever Ronnie asked what favorite superpowers. One wanted to be kind of like storm, I guess, electricity. And the other one wanted to be like a waterbender. The waterbender, I don't know. What's... Oh, Avatar? Avatar? Oh, really? Okay. What about the, what was the other movie with the ones who've been watering? You know what I'm saying? It was like. The last airbender. Oh, the beginning of it is Avatar? Yes. Oh, I was thinking Avatar like the blue people who, you know. Well, far be it from me to not know the difference between Avatar. I mean, okay, so great. So one wants to be a water. Okay, anyways, anyways, that's. What they thought that Jesus was, he was going to come and kind of just like use all of his special powers to bring them out of oppression and to just kind of let everybody know how awesome Israel was. I mean, literally, even the 12 disciples all the way up to the point of the cross still thought they were still looking for this Messiah that was going to restore a physical kingdom. Like he was going to make a throne in Israel and all the world was going to come at his feet. And that was so far from the truth. So whenever Jesus performs this miracle for them, these two fish, five loaves of bread, feeds them, they say, surely that's the one we've been, ex- we've been waiting for you. 
They had crafted up a God of their own expectations, not the God of the scriptures. I want to ask you a question this morning. What type of Jesus are you expecting? What type of Jesus have you been expecting in your life, in your world? I mean, Jesus had become sort of a big deal in Israel, okay? All right, he, have, you ever, have you ever seen crazy sports fans at games? Anybody ever seen, even on TV or at a, have you ever been the crazy sports fan at a game? All right, okay, or, or have you ever been like that fan that everybody else was embarrassed about, kind of sitting down the road is like, it's not that serious, okay? Or, or maybe like movie fans, Okay, like, don't raise your hand or anything, but, like, if you go to Star Wars, like, dress like creatures and stuff, just don't raise your hands. <laughs> um, or, like, you go, you know, it, it, anybody ever been to the movies before? And, like, I went to Hunger Games, somebody was dressed up like an empty stomach. It was, they didn't really. I'm, it was a joke. It's fine. Um, so, it, you know, like, the crazy fans of movies, literally, where they dress up like the, they have some crazy fans these days. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus had his own set of, of fans back in the day. He had his own set of fans. And so, so the point here is that Jesus had his share of fans. You see, after he had fed this massive crowd, they actually camped out on the seashore. The next day, just like you and I wake up hungry every morning, they woke up hungry the next morning. So they go looking for Jesus, you know, a.k.a. their free um, gift card to, you know, like Joe's Crab Shack because they want some more seafood. And you see what I'm saying? And so they're like, okay, Jesus fed us today. We're going to go to sleep and surely he'll feed us again tomorrow. They were looking for like a genie in the bottle type Jesus from the right way. Okay, so it's what they were expecting and who Jesus really was were two totally different things, you guys. So the point I want to make even from that is going to kind of be revealed in the series, not a fan. Are you a fan or are you a follower? But I want to go down to verse 25. Before we do that, I have DLA leaders. All of my leaders just kind of stand up real quick. Stand up real quick. All the DLA leaders and all the other staff that are here this morning. What we're going to do is they're going to come around, right? And give me some cool background music here, Sean, real quick. Everybody take your Bibles. Maybe put them under your seat. You're going to have to move around just for a second. Take your Bibles. Take your notes. Put them right under your seat. I need all my leaders. You're going to go around and collect about 10 people. And they're going to, ha- and they're going to tell you what you're doing. So- we're going to take about three minutes. And I want you guys to come up with some cheer or chant that is Jesus-oriented, okay? So it can be like, Jesus, Jesus, he's our man. If he can't do it, no one can. Or something a little bit more elaborate than that. You have three minutes starting now. So Jesus had his share of fans is the big deal. Jesus had his share of fans, you guys. People who followed him for various reasons. Are you a fan or are you a follower? I want you guys to go down to verse 25 in chapter 6. And we'll continue in in John chapter 6. It's verse 25. They found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? Verse 26 says, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you. Not because you understood the miraculous signs. 27, but don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. 28, they replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? 29, Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. 
Believe in the one he has sent. Verse 30 says, they answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? 31 says, after all, our ancestors ate manna while they, were, while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. 32, skipping down, says, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the only one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Big deal here. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But you haven't believed in me even though you have seen me. Then the people began to murmur in disagreement because he had said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, isn't this the Jesus like the son of Joseph? We know his father and his mother. I mean, how can he say I came down from heaven? Again, you guys, are you a fan or are you a follower? Looking back at 26, Jesus' fans do not truly understand the purpose of why Jesus does what he does. You see, Jesus' followers looked at his works and, and, and were drawn towards him in relationship. Jesus' fans don't understand the purpose of why Jesus does what he does. But Jesus' followers will look at his works and be drawn towards him in relationship. You know, there's a beautiful conversation in John chapter 15 that Jesus has. He looks at his disciples and he's coming towards the end of his journey here on earth. And he says to them, he pulls them real close. And he says this in John 15, 14 and 15. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father has told me. Now listen to this. Fans will hopefully become followers and followers will hopefully become the friends of God. Fans, I'm hoping this morning because I know we have some fans in this place. I know you're here. And just like we made chants and cheers earlier, that's kind of what you do whenever you come to church and you clap your hands and you lift your hands in worship and you walk out of here and you live completely like the world. And you have no love in your heart for your friends around you. And you have no respect for submission to authority and obeying your parents and obeying your teachers and instructors. It's all about you. You're a fan. And my prayer this morning is that fans would become followers. And some of you are saying, Pastor Brandon, I'm following Jesus. I am I'm seeking after him with all my heart. And I want more of God. Well, my prayer for you is that you would go from being a follower to becoming a deeper friend of God. And what I mean by that is intimacy, a closeness of relationship with Jesus, where Jesus begins sharing his heart with you. Amen? Amen. Verses 27 through 29, Jesus says to spend our days seeking eternal life through him. In essence, what he was saying was, guys, seek after me. You see, because 26 starts, picks up, Remember, he fed them the 5,000, two fish, five loaves of bread, multiplied, bam, everybody ate, went back to bed, came back the next morning saying, where's my meal ticket? I want some more food. And so they come asking Jesus, "Where we didn't know you are going to be here. And he looks at them, all of them, and he just says, are you kidding me? You're only here because I fed you yesterday. That's all you really want from me. You want nothing of my cross. You want nothing of, uh, uh, of my heart. You just want the things that I can do for you. 
It's crazy. Jesus says, you know what? What you need to be seeking after is eternal life. And in essence, he was saying, you need to be seeking after me. Because scripture says, Jesus said it himself. I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? Eternal life. Seek after me. Now, here's what's really interesting is I was just kind of looking this, looking this over. Has anybody ever heard what, whenever someone was lost and they gathered up, like say if someone uh, went rock climbing or whatever it is, uh, and like they don't hear from them, what did they send in to, to, to find them? Shout it. A search party. A search party, right? And so like they don't know if they're alive or not. They don't know if they made it. They don't know if they're really going to even find what they're looking for. So they sent out a search party. But here's the interesting thing. Search is a, is a quest for something that is unknown to the party doing this. It's like, well, we may find them and maybe we won't. I mean, we're hoping, but I don't really know. But this is really interesting because whenever you seek something, the proper definition, the seeker knows that the object exists. There is some level of relationship between the person doing the seeking and the object being sought after. Are y'all catching this this morning? A fan, fans may search for Jesus, but followers will seek after Jesus. Fans will say, yeah, maybe, I don't know, God, you know, pizza, lunch, uh, whatever. I'll come to church. But a follower seeks after Jesus, knowing that God is going to meet you here, knowing that God is going to be there. Whenever you wake up in the morning, you have your quiet time. A fan, again, will search. But a follower will seek after Jesus. We're seeking out of our relationship with him. We've experienced him. We have tasted him. We know that he is real. He is good. He loves us. And we just can't get enough of him. You guys get that this morning? Verses 30 through 35. It's not about emotions. Again, they looked at Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, why don't you do something else for us? And then we'll believe in you. Why don't you kind of turn, uh, turn a few more tricks or something? You know, just kind of do something else real, real, and make us feel good. And, and, you know, and then we'll believe. They demanded a sign, something to see. They wanted their emotions aroused. They desired entertainment. They wanted Jesus to be their genie in a bottle, you guys. Jesus replied to them, I am the miracle. You're getting excited over bread that fell from heaven years ago, but now you have the very bread of heaven that has come down to earth standing in front of you. And you want me to turn a few tricks for you? You want me to like make something appear? I am. Everything. I hold it all together. And I'm standing in front of you. You fans. Are you kidding? You guys. Fans are driven. Fans are driven by their emotions. But a follower is driven by their faith. If God has to make you feel something every time you're with him. You're not in love. You're in heat. more than just like an animal. Oh, make me feel good, you know? Come on, you guys. You've been having quiet times with Jesus daily. I don't feel God every single day. It may be shocking to some of you. I don't feel him every time I come to his presence, but by faith, I know that he's there and he loves me and he wants to speak something to my heart. You see, I want you to be Christ followers for the long haul, not just the rest of, not just the next 10 days of your life, but the next 10 years. 
Open up this morning sharing with you over the last five and a half years of youth ministry. I know some students who have just completely gone south, who started off strong, who started off worshiping God and at some point kind of drifted away. But I also know others whenever the tough times came because they were not fans, they were followers. And they were in it for the long haul. And they didn't sign up for like, oh, just like the good life and everything just goes well with me. They signed up for, you know what? It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. I love Jesus. My heart is yours for the rest of my life, God. And though I may have some moments where I mess up, I make mistakes and failures and I'm tempted. And Sure, we've all been there, but they are followers, not fans. I told you at the beginning of this message, every single person in this room is going to fall into two categories, a fan or a follower. And so my big question again to you this morning, are you a fan or are you a follower? Jesus wasn't after fans. He was after followers. Amen. Verses, or chapter, uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus is after followers. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, my fan, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you yourself are lost or destroyed? Anyone is ashamed of me and my message. The son of man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and in the glory of the father and the holy angels. Fans get excited on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights occasionally. But the minute they walk out of the doors, it's all about number one all over again. See, a fan will lift up their hands in worship, cheer and yell for Jesus. But the minute they are asked to do something by someone in authority, they get an attitude. I won't get any amens. It's all good. I'll amen myself. Amen. A fan will smile and act like a saint when around Christian friends. But when the worldly friends are around, they'll blend right in. The followers, a follower will live with passion for Jesus. They'll pray for God's will to be done here on earth. That's intercession. They'll live holy lifestyles that are different from the world. That's consecration. And they will be intentional about sharing this message of love with others. That's mission. Sound familiar? You know, some years ago, Stephen Curtis Chapman, probably one of the greatest Christian artists, long running, next to probably something like Michael W. Smith, a contemporary Christian music for years and years and years. <sighs> Song came out many years ago. Um, but as I was thinking, y'all know I love music, if you can't tell by now. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> what? Um, and as I was thinking of, gosh, what song? I had these lyrics just going in my head. And it's like, man, that song just kind of sums up this whole message this morning. So everybody has different learning styles. Everybody will remember different pieces, different parts of every message, hopefully. Um, so for those of you musical people, I like to see things. I want you to just kind of take a listen and I, I, and I have them intentionally playing the lyrics of the song too, because it's the lyrics that really kind of drew me in. Whenever I heard this, I was in high school, you guys, and this song just kind of struck me. It's real light. I mean, it's nothing like deep, whatever, but it, it's powerful because it's like, man, that's yeah. Yeah. What about the change? So you play that for us real quick. Just the light. 
about the change, you guys. I got this, got myself a t-shirt. You guys stand where you are. Got myself a t-shirt that says what I believe. I got the letters on my bracelet to serve as my ID. I got the necklace and the keychain and almost everything a good Christian needs or a good fan needs. I got a little Bible magnet on my refrigerator door. Welcome back to bless you as you walk across my floor. I got a Jesus bumper sticker, the outline of a fish stuck on my car, my parents' car. Even though this stuff's all well and good, what about the change? What about the difference? What about grace, forgiveness? What about a life that's showing that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, you guys? Got this way of thinking that comes so naturally where I believe the whole world is revolving around me. I got this way of living that I have to die to every single day. Because if God's spirit lives inside of me, yeah, I'm going to live life. I'm going to do things a little bit differently. I'm going to do it differently. I got myself the DSM armband. And I come to DSM. I, you, you can fill in the blank for whatever those things are. I can even look like I have a quiet time once a month or once in a while every now and again. And I even carry my Bible sometimes. But what about the change? What about the difference? What about grace? What about forgiveness? What about a life that's showing I'm undergoing a change? What about a life that's showing that I am not a fan? I am a follower of Jesus Christ. That makes sense to everybody. Are you a fan or are you a follower? And I just want to give you about two minutes to think about that this morning, you guys. As we did the chance earlier. That was just to kind of connect you to a moment of saying, hey, that's what a fan does. A fan will celebrate and say, Jesus, Jesus, he's so awesome. Jesus, you rock. But don't ask me to do something that I don't want to do because I'm still in control of my life. Oh, don't dare challenge me to worship a little bit more passionately because I just don't do that. Oh, don't dare my parents ask me to to do my chores or to correct. No, no, no. Guys, that's a fan. That's not what Jesus wants. Bow your heads real quick. Bow your heads for a moment and evaluate in your own heart. Are you a fan? Are you a follower of Christ? The fans were there cheering for him whenever he rode in on Palm Sunday. The fans were also there laughing at him as he hung on the cross and died. But the followers, the followers wept. The followers loved him. Father, I thank you for every student in this place this morning, both fans and followers alike. I thank you, Jesus, that you love us all, that you want intimate relationship with us all. My prayer this morning, Father, is that fans will become followers and followers would seek you for more intimacy and friendship. In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit in this moment right now, God, that is doing something in the hearts of students, changing fans to followers, drawing followers into intimate friendship. Holy Spirit, it is by your work alone. It's not by power, neither is it by might, nor gifting, nor jokes, nor passion. It's by the Spirit of God. So I thank you this morning for a generation of followers who say we follow Jesus no matter what. In the name of Jesus, we pray. I want to take a moment, heads bowed, eyes closed. If you say, gosh, I've been a fan for a while. Here's the deal. This isn't some trite 
We don't have time to call you all up to the front, but I want to give you a chance to respond. Everybody look at me for a second. A follower walks with the cross of Jesus. Remember that scripture we read? If you want to be my follower, you have to pick up your cross. Cool. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're a fan, you've been living as a fan, you've been a fan this week, last month, last year, you've been, uh, however long, you've been coming to church your whole life and you're still a fan, I want you to lift up both hands real quick. And we're going to ask that the Holy Spirit of God would do a work in your heart to move you into fellowship with Jesus. It's determined ultimately by what you do whenever you leave this place, but you can still have a moment with Jesus where revelation hits your heart. Again, if you're a fan, and you know that you need to be a follower of Christ, both hands up in the, in the sky. And I want you to pray one simple prayer, very different this morning. I want you to repeat after me and say, Jesus, I want the cross. Now this time, I want you to say it with a little bit of volume in your voice, like a good follower would. And you followers can say this too, hands lifted high. We're going to shout to the top of our lungs, you guys. It's going to feel awkward and uncomfortable for a moment, but the, but the hosts of heaven will rejoice. We're going to lift up our voice real loud, and we're going to say four simple words. I want the cross, because a follower wants the cross, you guys. Fan wants only the good life and awesome moments. The follower says, I want the cross of Christ in my life. So I'll count to the number three. We're going to shout to the top of the lungs, I want the cross. Like this, I want the cross. And I believe in that moment, Holy Spirit's going to do something in your heart. If you mean it. So here we go. One, two, three. Jesus, we want the cross this morning. We want the cross. And over time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life.